Thanks for tuning in to the Rock Your Wedding Biz Podcast. This is episode 36, Keeping Your Emails on Brand. You might not think that your emails are an important part of your branding, but if you think about it, they're the way that you communicate with people the most. So it's very important for them to be on brand. And today we're bringing you a few tips and do's and don'ts to help get your emails in tip-top shape. Thanks for joining us today. Welcome to the Rock Your Wedding Biz Podcast with your hosts, wedding planner and educator Renee Dallow and blogger and social media strategist Mindy Marzek. Listen in as they bring you the best, brightest, and most honest industry advice on the internet. Their mission is to help you wedding rock star work smarter, not harder. Hope you're ready because it's time to rock your wedding biz. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Rock Your Wedding Biz. This is Mindy Marzek, and I'm here, as always, with Renee Dallow. Hi, Renee. Hello. Hello. Happy January. Happy 2019, everybody. What's up? What's up? We're coming to you the first week of January. We're so pumped to have a fresh new year of episodes coming your way. We've been talking about topics that we want to do, and for this month, We're going to talk a little bit about branding, about organization, and for this episode in particular, we're going to focus on a topic that is something we talk about a lot and something that you use every day, and that is your professional emails and how to keep your email on brand. Now, I'm sure there's people listening who are like, what are you talking about? My emails are not part of my branding. And to that, I say, false. Pish posh, as Mary Poppins would say. Exactly. Your emails are 100% part of your brand. In fact, they might be the most, you know, salient part of your brand because they're the, that's the part people deal with on a daily basis with you. True. And yeah, if you think about, I mean, just think about the sheer volume of emails that you send and receive every day. It might be, people might be looking at your email more than they're looking at your website. Oh, of course they are. 100% they are. Mm-hmm. So your emails do need to be on brand. And, you know, this isn't like a scary thing. It's just small little tips, small little ideas to make your email a part of your brand, a part of your business. And we're just going to give you some suggestions, some do's and don'ts, if you will. Agreed. Now, here's the thing. When we say your email has to be on brand, we're not talking about... It has to be the colors of your brand or it has to have a pretty background. I think those things are silly, frankly. That's not what we're talking about. Yeah. Can I can I tell a story about when the internet first started? <gasps> yes. The golden days of the internet. Go. <laughs> well, for those of you who weren't around, and I know that that's most of you, um, when email was first introduced, you know, it's like this boring text blank screen, right? And people quickly found ways to try to make it a little more interesting. They would change the color background and they'd change the text background, the font background, and they'd find a new font to use and they'd add moving flash GIFs and things like that. (laughs) Like, and it was, it got to a point where everyone's email was so obnoxious yeah, because everyone was so excited about this new thing. And then it got to a point where everyone just like stopped doing that and it went back to (laughs) normal white background, normal black text, you know, no more yellow background with red text that was impossible to read. So horrible. 
So, and I almost feel like sometimes when people start a new business, they want to do, they have that urge to do that thing that's going to make them stand out from every other boring email that you get. Right. But I want everyone to resist that urge because it gets really annoying really quickly. So, you know, standard white background with black text, you know, no funny fonts like Comic Sans. Oh, Comic Sans. (laughs) For the love of God. it, It was someone that I know. That was dealing with um, an accountant or a real estate agent who would email them in Comic Sans. And I remember them putting something on Facebook that was like, this is my accountant. Should I fire them? Because it was like (laughs) Comic Sans is like the kindergarten font and Papyrus is no better. Yeah, you can't use Comic Sans. My rule is Comic Sans is okay for a child's birthday party or a (laughs) kindergarten classroom. And that is it. It doesn't belong in an adult business does not but anyway i used to say papyrus was fine for your yoga studio but i don't even think that's true anymore no papyrus <laughs> we should do a full episode about um fonts we that, that we'll call we are font snobs yeah we, we have we have a lot of opinions but anyway my point is that you don't need the fancy background you don't need the the weird font but there are other ways that you can make your email unique and stand out and be on brand absolutely you know first of all <laughs> This is going to probably rub some people the wrong way, but I believe, and I know you do too, that your actual email address should not be uh, your business name at Gmail. Yeah. It should be a branded URL. Yes. Like my email is Renee at MoxieBrightEvents.com. It just gives it a, 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 a sense of professionalism, but also for me, it always makes me think that the business owner is here f- for the long run. Right. Yeah. It, having a Gmail or a Hotmail or a, God help us, an AOL email, <laughs> it, it doesn't show a sense of seriousness. Mm-hmm. Agreed. So if you have a website, you know, like my website is thisfairytalelife.com, then it's very easy to set up an email through your hosting company that is your name at yourwebsite.com. It's very easy. If you don't know how to do it, you can Google, look on YouTube. There's ways to search for these things. Or if you have someone who helped you set up your website, you can go to them and have them help you out. Now, I will uh, be the counterpoint to that by saying I actually don't have my email hosted through my website. What I have is a Gmail for business account. Ah, yes. Which I love, which I pay $5 a month for. Best $5 I spend every month. Less than a latte. Um, and my my email accounts all look like Gmail, but my Moxie Bright account and my Renee Dallow email account are both Gmail for business accounts. Now, for me, I found that easier. I like the way Gmail looks. I like the interface of it. I like that I can, you know, it, it, it was something I already was very familiar with. So it seemed like a very natural next step just to set up a Gmail for business account. It's so easy. Um, I know that people sometimes will balk it like, well, I don't want to pay for email if I already get it from my server. That's fine. However, you need to get that branded URL that makes sense for you. Just do it. It's always uh, a little bit as a as a planner when I'm reaching out to other vendors to refer them to clients. If I go to find your email and it's like videographers for love at Gmail, I think, oh, God, are they new? They must be new. Yeah, even if they're not, because that's the impression that it gives when you don't have a branded URL email. Yeah. And, you know, the thing that I always tell people is that you don't want to give a client a reason to not hire you. 
and or to not trust you or to not contact you or trust you yeah so having that email like a gmail or a hotmail or a yahoo email you know it's it might give someone pause and you don't want to have any reasons to give someone pause so that's that's our tip number one get a branded url email whether you have your webmaster set it up you can also if you set it up through your server you can have it routed through your personal gmail that's what Mm -hmm. i do uh again i just found a tutorial through google and i set it up um but if that seems too hard you can for sure pay the five dollars a month and get uh Google, is it Google my business? Google your business? Um, it's Gmail for business. We, we'll link to it in the show notes. Okay, yeah. we'll have- perfect. So that's tip number one. Second, as you know, as you're going down, let, let's go in order of how you would email, right? So first you yes. put the email address in, it should be branded as a URL. Then when you're writing your email, you should write how you speak. Yes, this is my biggest pet peeve when someone, I meet someone in real life and they're like super bubbly and then I get an email from them and it's like strictly robot business. It's just like, <laughs> did you write this? Like, come on. Like, yeah, definitely write how you speak. Um, yeah. You sh- your personality should shine through for sure. Absolutely. But how- however, on the flip side of that, perhaps spelling and grammatical errors actually speak volumes about who you are and the work that you do. And here's why. If you're not someone who is naturally a good speller or naturally grammatically correct, not taking a minute to reread the email or make sure that you're communicating effectively to your client is going to subconsciously tell them that you might not be that detailed in your work. Oh, yeah, that's true. Especially if you're a wedding planner. Yeah. And that, you know, this might not sound like branding per se, but it totally is. Oh, it's totally branding. Now, me personally, you know, even though I'm a writer, I am horrible with spelling. I'm constantly looking up through uh, dictionary.com how to spell certain words. So uh, Grammarly is a great tool uh, for how for sprucing up your email, sprucing up your writing, making sure it catches all of the spelling and grammatical errors that could slip through. And it's free. So you might as well use it. I have the (laughs) Grammarly plugin for Chrome, which I'm obsessed with because it literally checks everything I type on every platform. It checks my email. It checks my Facebook. It checks anything I'm typing, literally. Grammarly blog posts, my contracts. When I'm in HoneyBook doing a contract, Grammarly pops up and says like, are you sure? Mm. No, some of it is contract talk. And so of course I don't change it, but you'll over time, if when you use Grammarly and I've been using it for years now, it will actually train you out of your bad grammar habits because it will constantly remind you that like, you don't need a comma there. There shouldn't be a comma there. Hey, you don't need a comma there. <laughs> and over time you're like, oh, I use far less in, you know, improper commas than I used to, which seems like such a small thing. But how many times have you gotten an email from someone that had a tremendous amount of grammatical errors and you, and you just think, wow, are they not that smart? Yeah. Both these things, the URL and the grammar and the spelling, that's perception. Mm-hmm. Ergo, that's branding. Yeah, totally. And it, you know, just because, look, I totally do grammatical errors all the time. It doesn't mean that I'm a dumb person. It doesn't mean no. I'm a bad person. It doesn't mean I can't get my point across. But I just, you know, sometimes you type too fast or you, uh-huh. I dictate Same. my text a lot into my phone yeah. and then copy and paste it into a blog post or 
an email and you know sometimes stuff just gets through or there's a typo a autocorrect yeah so just having this tool to guide you a little bit will do wonders for the point that you're trying to get across and it's free and it's free so please use it <laughs> we will link to it in the show notes <laughs> so moving down the email yes moving right. down the so email. now we've written an email we've written an email that's lovely and gorgeous and sounds like us and is full of perfect spelling and perfect grammar and we feel amazing about it one other tip for the actual writing of the email is i always like to include a call to action in my email so if i depending on what i need the response to be i, I hardly ever send an email um, that doesn't say like, love to hear your thoughts on this or just thoughts, question mark, or like, let me know, you know, sure. something that inspires the person reading it to say, oh, let me write back to her pretty, pretty quick. And so do that because I get a lot of emails, especially from other vendors that sort of, um, they make their point and then they just do nothing. Then there's nothing, right? There's no, <laughs> there's no ending. I like to put a little something there like warmly or best or talk to you soon or let me know. Just something that is a closing statement that's not just like, and we're done. So consider that. You know, it's weird to just be like, here's a copy of your contract. Thanks. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, like you have to, yeah. you have to, you know, what do you want? What type of response do you want? So yes, like Renee said, she'll say, let me know your thoughts or Something that sounds friendly because email can often be misread, misconstrued. Yeah. And this goes back to um, writing how you speak. Like you wouldn't just get up from a meeting and leave. You would say, you know, <laughs> thank you for, I mean, you don't want to end every email with thank you for reading this email because that's right. a little weird. <laughs> but, weird, but, you know, yeah. thank you for your time. I appreciate your thanks. time. Yeah. Or just, you know. Well, and this time of year, it's perfect because you can say wishing you a happy new year. Yeah, or I hope that uh, your holiday travels go well, or you yeah. know, like it's it's very there's lots to talk about. The other thing I find myself doing, and I I'm getting I'm getting much better at it over the years, is my use of punctuation. So I can be a fairly aggressive exclaimer in emails, <laughs> like every sentence gets an exclamation mark, so and so I literally I go back and I'm like, okay, that can be a period, that can be that should be a period, because like my impulse is to be like very excited about everything. But yet that will read as like, to the reader that will read as like, possibly trying too hard or pushing or too excited about something that is not that exciting, you know. So sometimes I do go back and reread for like, does this punctuation make sense? <laughs> like, tone wise, does this make sense? <laughs> yes, absolutely. And you know, you can have the opposite effect with using periods too much. So if you That's say, you know, hi, Renee, hope you're doing well, period. It's very like, <laughs> oh, okay, yes, I'm doing well. Very stern. Very stern. Or sarcastic. Hope you're doing well. <laughs> <laughs> See, you never know how stuff can, can be read on the other end. So it's so true. Things to think about as you're writing, for sure. Okay, so we talked about uh, having the branded email, how to write your emails. Let's get down to one of perhaps the most important part of your email, and that is your signature. Ah, the email signature. As I look back over the years of my business emails, I, I cringe at some of my old signatures. Oh, no. Why? Well, because like <laughs> at the beginning, okay, so when I first started my business, I would put like the logos of everywhere that I had a publication or like mm -hmm. if I won the Wedding Wire Award. So like some of my email signatures had like 12 different icons. Yikes. Yeah, that's a lot. 
too many or it would just be like my name and my you know my phone number and like nothing else about me or no other way to get a hold of me and I look back and I'm like oh baby Renee what were you doing what were you doing (laughs) yeah I think people can get a little bit excited with their signature but I think that the signature is a the perfect place to show off your branding show off your logo but don't go overboard with the graphics and the accolades from other Mm -hmm. brands um you can definitely keep it on brand but simple yeah i use a wise stamp for my email signature now and it is an add-on that i add on to my gmail um i think i have the paid version i'm not sure I'll, i'll link to it in the show notes but for me it became important um it was about it was a little over a year ago that i realized that if I were emailing with a new vendor or anyone who didn't already know me, um, they didn't know what I looked like. And so I thought I should need, I should really put my photo in my email signature because what was happening is I would email with someone and then I'd meet them out in person and they'd be like, Oh, I, I didn't know what you look like, which is also funny. Cause like, just go to my Instagram and you can see my face, but what yeah, else? I'm everywhere, everywhere. So, but I use Y stamp and what ended up happening, I have a very um, interesting anecdote about it. So I started using Ystamp. My email signature is pretty heavy, right? It has my name. It says I'm the owner, lead planner at Moxie Write Events. And then underneath the photo, and the, there's like a, a like a line. And then in the other categories where normally you'd put like an address or whatever, I've actually filled it up with different information about me. So right now it says, you know, vice president, WIPA, SoCal. It says I'm a leader for Rising Tide LA East. It has my phone number, my email address, my website. It mm-hmm. has the name of the podcast and it has my education website, Renee Dallow. Underneath it, I have icons for Pinterest, Facebook, um, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Under that, I have my office hours. So it, there's a lot of information there, mm-hmm. but because Wise Stamp formats it in a pretty compact way, it doesn't take up a lot of time or on you know on the page. But I was out at an event, and this was uh, this was last year, and I met up with a vendor that I've worked with before, I haven't seen in a while. And he had recently emailed me about something. It was a very quick exchange. No big deal. When I saw him in person, he said, oh, I want to congratulate you. And I said, oh, um, what? like, why? <laughs> and he said, I didn't, I didn't know you were on the board of um, ABC, which I was last year. And I said, oh, yeah. He's like, I saw it in your email signature. Uh-huh. And I thought, like, oh, people really read those. <laughs> <laughs> but it was interesting because it provided, A, something for us to discuss in person. So it created a connection. B, it was a way to get out everything that I was doing at, you know, in one fell swoop. And also, although he was another vendor, I actually think our clients want to see that from us. They want to know what else we're doing that is related to their work with us, if not directly related, even if it's slightly tangential, like having the podcast and the education brand, like my wedding clients don't want to be a wedding planner. They probably wouldn't click over to the education brand, but just knowing that I have it gives them faith and trust in me. Yeah. And you have to remember that your email is not necessarily just for your clients. It's for your fellow vendors. It's for anyone that you need to talk to. So yeah, the the signature is the perfect way to get all of that information out there in a bite-sized format. And, you know, it's handy because someone might get an email from you, look at your signature for the first time, read all of the things, be very impressed. And then a couple months later, they might think, didn't I see someone who was on the WIPA board? Do a search through mm-hmm. their emails and ta-da, your email comes. comes up. Absolutely. And also, I like to reference it too, like when I'm sending emails to vendors for a wedding day, I always say, 
you can find my my phone number in below in my email signature. So it directs their attention down to it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they get the full they get all the information in one place that they might need. Which I think is important. I think it's important as um, as an industry professional to always be putting your best foot forward, and also being very easy to read uh, to reach. Sorry, being very easy to reach. Like sometimes I work with vendors and I have to ask them for their phone number because it's not on their contract, and it's not on their website. And I'm like, hey, if we're working together on the wedding day, I need to know how to get a hold of you. Yeah, I mean that's something that I feel like should ju- just definitely be in your signature, and it's there, easy to find. Absolutely, easy peasy. Yes. So your signature should include, you know, something, you know, obviously your name, obviously your business name, uh, your logo, or like Renee said, a, a headshot or a photo of you so that people know what you look like, something a little personal. Um, and then how how they can find you, list your website, mm-hmm. list your, you know, even though they're emailing you, put your email in because some people just don't really know how to use email can list your email again. You can list your uh, phone number. Uh, you can list your social media accounts. You can have little icons. You can also like one of my signatures has a link to my Facebook group and ask people to join my community. So nice. yeah, so you can do pretty much anything that you want in there that is something that's important to your brand, something that you want people to see. And then don't be afraid to shake it up a little bit. You can revamp it every six months or so see what can Mm -hmm. be taken out and see what can be added in because your brand is going to be this living breathing thing it's not going to be a stagnant thing so if you haven't updated your signature in a few years because i know some people set it and forget it you Mm -hmm. might want to take a look at it and see if there's a way that you can spruce it up i love that also i got advice uh many years ago from my old business coach um to include like a disclaimer in mm-hmm. my email signature, because if you're you're a wedding pro and you your emails deal at, in any way with private information, basically any financial information of your client, fi- your financial information, just pretty much anything you're talking about that could be considered proprietary information, um, put a disclaimer in your uh, signature. Mine basically just says like, if you're not the intended recipient of this email, you are prohibited from sharing, copying, or otherwise using or disclosing its contents. Um, if you have received this email in error, notify the sender immediately by replying to the email and then permanently delete the email. Now, will this like save you in a court, court of law? I don't know. I'm not a lawyer, but it makes me feel better to have it there. It makes my clients feel better to have it there. Yeah, it seems very official. It does. And it's also just like, if we're talking about personal things, which of course we are, it's just better to have it there than to not have it there. I also have my office hours in my signature. And when I have a vacation coming up, I will change my office hours to say upcoming days off, you know, yeah, right there. And who knows if, ever, if anyone sees it, but it makes me feel better that it's out there. I also have got a guideline for when I'm going to respond to people in that same section. So my email signature will say, please allow 48 hours for a response. Emails received on Fridays may not be responded to until the following Tuesday. That's perfect because then that reduces the amount of repeat emails that you're going to get. Right. And sometimes I still do. And of course, I'm checking my email every day. If I see an email that requires a response immediately, I'm going to do it. And my own personal guideline is that I really, really, really try to do a 24-hour response time. Mm-hmm. maximum. There are some emails that just require more research or require me to get an answer from someone else and I can't do it. But because I put 48 hours out there, I'm always trying to go above and beyond. So my own personal guideline is 24 hours. I would say whatever that guideline is for you, just 
set it for yourself and keep to it because you will train your clients and your other vendors uh, on that just even if they don't like consciously know, they will get a subconscious feeling like, oh, well, Renee is going to get back to me in a day. Mm-hmm. And I, I love that. I love that they have that sense. Now, most modern clients want you to respond even faster than that. So <laughs> if you can go faster than 24 hours, by all means, do it. Um, but I like having it there because it sets the precedent straight away. This goes back to the famous adage of under promise and over deliver. Yes. I think I'm saying that right. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. So if you tell people that you're going to respond within 48 hours and then you respond within 24 hours, people are like, oh, I'm very important. She responded to me quicker than she said she was going to. <laughs> right. But then it also does give you that grace period if yes. you're out and about all day long and you're like, oh, I'm not going to get to my emails till tomorrow. It's You have it in writing. Please allow 48 hours just for peace of mind. Now, Renee, would you be comfortable with us putting like a screenshot image of your signature in the show notes so people can see how you have yours set up? Sure. Right now it's <laughs> right now it's uh, spruced up for the holidays because uh, Wise Stamp has this feature where for the holidays you can like change your icons to be little Christmas trees. And so I thought it was oh, I thought it was really funny and I did it. <laughs> I just want people to see because I feel like it's a lot of information, but I've, I have see your email signature a lot because we email a lot and it never feels overwhelming to me. Yeah, it's it's pretty compact. It's pretty. I like the wise stamp. It's pretty compact. Listen, you don't have to pay for this service. There are plenty of ways and tutorials online where you can do it for free. My MO, if you've listened to this podcast uh, for any length of time, is I just rather pay someone to do it if it's going to be easier for me. I don't, I don't like mm-hmm. a lot of... If it's, it's, I don't have a lot of time. So if I can pay someone $5 to do a wise stamp for me, it's fine. Like, let's just do it. But there yeah. are ways to do it, you know, that uh, are free. And I think if you're with HoneyBook as a, uh, as, as your platform, I, I do believe they have an email signature, um, like builder. Like a generator. Yeah, like a generator. Um, so definitely there are ways out there to get yourself a branded email signature. The things I wouldn't do in the email signature, like I said in the beginning, um, I would not put like every style me pretty wedding wire award, any of those icons there. I think it's too cluttered. Plus, they're not all the same size. So it looks mm-hmm. really janky to me, to my eye. Yeah. Um, Your signature should not take up the entire screen. Right. I wouldn't put anything that moves, anything that plays music, uh, <laughs> anything yes. that, and a bun- I don't like a bunch of links. Like if you're linking to like your latest blog post, that's fine. But if you're like, click here for the blog post, click here for this, click here for that, that feels salesy and weird mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, those are things I I, I, necess- I wouldn't necessarily do within the emails. My whole thing with the emails, as especially in relationship to how they work in tandem with your brand, is that it all needs to feel easy and like like you, but also you sort of an elevated in an elevated way, just like your brand should be you, but elevated. And I yeah. feel, um, you know, like you said earlier, sometimes you get these emails from people you meet in person and they're very bubbly in person and their emails are very impersonal and dry. Or you um, meet someone in person and they seem so professional and then their emails are like riddled with mistakes and they're not really answering your questions and, you know, and all all that stuff. It doesn't, it has to all feel like it's coming from the same place, the same person, the same idea, the same mind. Yeah, exactly. Couldn't have said it better myself. Well, thanks. Oh, also, we didn't touch on this, but I, I just want to say for the record, um, you know, I'm a, a addicted to my phone. So I do answer emails from my phone on occasion, I'm not always on my laptop or my desktop. However, if you're on an iPhone or, and I think other phones uh, will probably do this. You can set up your emails on your phone to have its own byline that says 
responded to you from an iPhone? Oh, yeah. So that way, if it's like, because most people, when they're responding on a phone, it's quick and to the point. It's it's brief. There could be typos. There could be autocorrect. You have a higher chance of that. So I see a lot of people who will say, uh, please pardon the uh, brevity of this message. It's via my phone or something like that. And I have that on my mail as well. And, you know, I really... I really appreciate that as someone reading the email, because at least I know like, hey, you took the time to get back to me on the fly. But then also like, yeah, I actually do think like, oh, you're on your phone. That's why this is like more like a text as opposed to a written out thought of email. Um, and I think mine says sent from the tiny computer in my pocket. Please excuse brevity and or typos. There you go. Perfect. Yeah. Which I thought was funny. Yeah. That's a really good. <laughs> no, it's good. Like you can. And again, that shows your personality. It's part of your brand. It's not just like a robotic sent my from my iPhone. Beep, boop, boop. Like it's right. It's, it's cute. And it fits your it fits the way that you speak. So perfect. Perfect example. So do those two. But we will say overall, you know, the um the email, the idea of email as branding is not like we said at the beginning. It's not to make you crazy. It's not to be like, oh, one more thing I have to think about. We really just want you to be the most authentically you that mm -hmm. you can be in your brand. And part of that is being authentically you in your emails. If you use Grammarly, if you have a branded email signature, if you take a little few more seconds in your day to write how you speak, to double check those that punctuation, to sort of to just be the best version of you that you can be. It can really influence how people see you in the world, how other vendors see you, how your clients treat you. It really does um, filter out through everything in your business because we do so much work on email. Yeah, I was just going to say, again, like think about how many emails you touch every day. It's way more than phone calls. It's way more than in-person meetings. So it's it's possibly the most important form of communication that you have, and it it has to match your personality. It has to match your brand. It has to be professional. So that's why we wanted to do this episode, give you just some tips and suggestions on how you can make your emails a little more branded and more personal. And we hope that it was helpful. Yeah, we're going to get some e we're going to get some good emails in 2019. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we want to see all of your emails. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to be emailing all of you just to see what the response is. Um, no, can you imagine that would take no, so long? We're not doing uh, that. Yeah. As always, uh, we want to thank you for listening. We want to thank you for being part of our community. We want to encourage you to go to Facebook and join our online Facebook community that is called Rock Your Wedding Biz Podcast Insiders. That is where the conversation keeps going every week based on the topic of the week. Um, and also we want to hear from you as we start this new year as to, you know, tell us more about what you want to, us to talk about because we love talking and <laughs> we love bringing you new content and we want to know what you're needing. Yeah, we are wishing all of you a very happy and prosperous 2019. We hope to see more of you in the Facebook group and continue these conversations. And once again, we are just so, so grateful to all of you for showing up for your business and for bringing us into your day. It's really special to us. Yeah, we love you guys. And we'll see you next week on the Rock Your Wedding Biz Podcast. Thanks, everyone. Thank you for listening to Rock Your Wedding Biz. This episode is sponsored by Moxie Bright Events, wedding planning for creative couples and industry education for creative event planners. Also sponsored by Joy Social, teaching smart social media strategies for awesome business owners. You can find Renee online at moxiebrightevents.com 
and ReneeDallow.com. You can find Mindy online at JoySocial.net. Jump into the show notes at RockYourWeddingBiz.com. And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time on Rock Your Wedding Biz.